You okay? You're just cheating at this point. Was that right? That's exactly right. Oh man, this is so frustrating. <laughs> this is so frustrating. I'm so good. At That's hilarious. I'm so convinced that you're just looking at the same web page I am. All right. Union goals scored by AJ and Luke, the Goofy Brothers. Hey guys, Goofy Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly. It is episode 102. 102. The next time you hear me and Luke will be on Monday Night Football. We'll be replacing the Manning Brothers doing a... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did you listen That's... to that? Did you watch them? Yeah, I watched, uh, yeah last week's. Last week's. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I I'm actually not... was engaged in football for once because of them. Yeah. Um... Honestly, if you ever if there's ever brothers talking, I'm usually pretty interested in it. Um, and it just so happened that they're two very famous football players, brothers. Um, pretty good. Okay, so the, let's jump right into it. Who's the MLS equivalent to that? And it doesn't have to be brothers, but what two what two uh, hmm. personalities would you like to be put together on a like MLS Cup or playoff matchup? That's it. I don't know, because it, it's like it has to be a non like announcing way, like they do, like yeah. they're just talking about it. So it, it just like literally any player. Um, hmm, that's a good question. You you put me on the spot. Do you have, do you have a, anyone that comes to mind? One person that I really enjoy listening to talk is Alan Gordon. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he cracks me up from uh, he was on Benny Sal and Ike yeah. and then the Soccer Soup podcast. Uh-huh. Um, possibly one of the funniest interviews i've ever heard in my life um yeah that'd be good I, I, yeah like benny sal like those guys would would be interesting too um i feel like the there's got to be some young guys too like like just from our past episode with the homegrowns like they were so fun having like young guys like that just talk about a game and watch a game with like that would be fun right mm-hmm. or if uh if if you've got like a playoff game between two teams to two players who are veterans of each of those teams or something yeah. there would be like some history between the two of them and some banter i think that would be good too yeah yeah that's good all right cool well let's get into our episode yeah. uh solid solid uh riffing there <laughs> um, we'll talk about uh some actual union games red bulls columbus we'll talk about u.s soccer games men's teams uh world cup qualifying coming up um then we'll talk about some news. We'll play a little FIFA ranking game and we'll talk about Ted Lasso and we'll preview the month of October. So Luke, let's see right now. It is a Tuesday night. Last week we tied Red Bull one, one. What were your thoughts on that game? Uh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Um, I feel like the union they they definitely should have won the game. Um, they, I feel like they, especially in the first half they were like finding the right spaces. They were making the right like connections, like ha- having some nice you know passing combinations. And Red Bulls are such, Red Bull is such a beatable team that once I saw them playing like that in the first half, I was like, 
okay, even after the the Red Bull scored their their equalizing goal, I was like, all right, we, we still have plenty of chance. Like, we have this game still. Like, we this is our game to lose. And I felt I I thought in the second half they were gonna you know find their chance, keep playing the way they're playing, and and the the goal was gonna come, and it really didn't. Obviously, um, so yeah, it's just disappointing. I, I just yeah, it, it felt like you know a road tie a road point is isn't bad, but it felt like points left on the table. Yeah, and we were we were planning on recording last week after that game, mm-hmm. but it was just it was just one of those times where it's like eh. It was such a blah. I, I didn't really have much of a description to it other than just it felt like a blah. Right. That was kind of where, like, that was our third third game without a loss, which is great. Um, yeah. But it didn't really feel like we were hitting any, any milestone with that with that result. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like the goal, the goal wasn't exactly something that you're you're remembering forever. Right. Uh, it was the corner kick, bounce in the box. Santos lets it bounce off his knee and into the into the into the net the red bull goal was kind of solid but also from my end as far as like the broadcast i barely saw it it was like terrible it was really weird it was like there was a replay and then all of a sudden the ball is going into the back of the union net and you're like what happened yeah and there was no no video of the lead up to the goal so i it it was like a very forgettable as far as like the good there are two goals in the game one was a bounce off a knee and the other one you literally did not see so what like i don't know it is just a shame of a game yeah it sucked and and the red bull goal came right after because remember the the highlight that they were showing that they showed over the goal basically was the there was like a nice combination play between i think it was like flock santos and then it was like played it there was a, I can't remember if it was Santos maybe Casper like played into the box and Montero was kind of open like right in front of the net and then it got saved but it was it was a callback for offsides anyway and they're like kind of right. going back to that play and that's when the goal happened for the Red Bull and yeah it was just ridiculous, ridiculous that the broadcast missed the goal and, and does that kind of thing which is you know not the first time that's happened in soccer broadcast but it's just really frustrating but when I did get to see a little bit of that clip of the the Red Bull goal, it was a frustrating goal to give up because um, the ball gets played into Omir Fernandez, and I he was Mbizer's man, but literally five Union players were right around him, and no one was able to close the ball well enough. He just kept like I think Mbizer let him like slide into like maybe I think it was Glesnes. But when you when the guy is on the ball in the box and there's no other Red Bull players everyone should just be collapsing on the ball and it, you know like sliding off a, 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 a the, the guy remarking is a thing that happens in, in soccer obviously but like when the guy's on the ball and he's in that and like in front of the net like everyone should just be teaming up on the on the ball and again getting and getting in front of the the play and no one really stepped up and did that and that's what allowed the shot to get off and, and the guy to score but so it was a little frustrating and, and yeah we didn't see the full build up to that but it was uh still a frustrating end product yeah um i mean I, yeah there's not too much too much to say i think and i don't think anyone really wants to talk about a red bull one one tie yeah yeah and so let's look you're good to move on i'm yeah. good to move on yeah let's move on stop that, yeah. there is a more exciting game um to continue our unbeaten streak we uh extended it to four games in a row without a loss with a three nothing win against columbus um 
shocking that we scored that many goals in a Columbus game. Yeah. Uh, you you learned that firsthand. Right. I, uh, I had a I had a nice bet on it was a parlay bet that the Union would win and that the, it would be under three goals. And I was like, all right, that at least at least I'm gonna get under three goals right. And it was like a, a parlay, so I had to get them both right. And I was like, ah, this is easy, especially after I saw the first goal. I was like, all right, we we got this. I got this win. We the Union had this win. Great. But yeah, the Union kept scoring, and that's yeah, the first time that's happening. It's Columbus, and I can't remember how long. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, you'd have to go back into the history books to find the last time the Union scored that many goals against Columbus. Um, yeah, so some notes that I I wrote down um, and watching this one, thought Casper was quiet, but he did some work beyond offensive duties. I remember there was one point in particular he tracked back and won the ball defensively. I just noticed. It may have been Flock, um, who was super excited. Gave him really excited, like high five. They were like really pumped with his effort there, and I, I thought that was a good sign, despite the fact that our striker's not um, being super effective up top. Yeah, but the, I mean, that uh, the just other shows... striker Santos. Sorry, that that just shows why Curtin yeah. likes Casper so much because he's a, he yeah. gets back yeah. and makes a defensive effort. Like that's what why he stays on the field more than anyone else because any other striker because he's the one that's going to put in the effort defensively. And Kern obviously is a defensive-minded coach. He loves that. So, like, that's what gives Casper the edge on the other guys. Absolutely. And, yeah, I guess I guess what I was saying may have sounded like not a compliment, but that was about as complimentary as I can be to Casper. <laughs> um, so, yeah, agreed. Um, the, other, the other striker, Santos... I tweeted this out that he is very frustrating. You're either going to get the toughest guy on the field or the softest guy on the field. And right away, early in that game, you saw the softest guy. Like he was literally chasing a ball into the box and he was like behind the defense running towards the corner flag and just like crumbled to the ground acting like he got tripped by the defender. Ref didn't buy it at all. Um, I probably should have been a yellow for uh, trying to like fake diving or whatever. Hmm. But uh, this guy, man, he, it's just game to game with him where some games it's, he shows that he's just this alpha dominant striker who can take over a game. And then other games, he's just this soft flake of a player who falls down all the time. And it's just like, he, he gets touched in the face and he, there, there's a play in this game where he got, he tried to play the ball around the defender, played the ball to the his right, ran around to his left. The defender's arm came up and like kind of touched him in the face. He tried to play through it. Um, ref didn't call anything or something, and then he fell down, grabbing his face. And it's just like so fake. It's it's just frustrating to see that from him because you just know he's capable of so much more than what he's doing on those those nights where he is uh, falling to the ground a lot. Yeah, I think actually Doobie Dad um, had made it made a good point about Santos watching this Columbus game. Um, I think he was like, it was like because Burke isn't wasn't available, um, and Santos knew that. Like it felt like he was playing at like a lower level, lower level of energy, just because he knew he was gonna have to like put out or play longer and didn't have the like usual you know sixty minute sub or like you know Santos like kind of. He's usually the one that comes off first in, in those situations. And he, because Burke wasn't available, Santos knew he was probably going to have to play longer. So he didn't 
go all out for those those kind of balls and, and does all those the, the the really effective running that that we that we like to see him do and i think that this kind of situation made him like kind of pull back on that and kind of play a little bit more reserved and in, in, in those kind of situations yeah that's a uh, gosh doopy dad nails it nails it again yep i know if you count on him to uh support me in this pod <laughs> um let's see gazdag just kind of forgettable i i appreciate what the union did in trying to find this guy but i think he's just not not in it right now i'm not going to write him off because he came mid-season um i think we need to give him another well like 12 13 14 months let's see what next year brings but I mean, right now it's he's just not producing. Everything seems to be going away from goal. Um, I, I yeah, I just don't see him being an attacking number ten. It's like he gets the ball and he goes horizontal or backwards rather than attacking a defender. Um, yeah. I just haven't seen anything that looks. Amazing. I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he has been disappointing. I I one thing I I will say about him. Um, when I see him playing the number 10 compared to Mart- Montero, I feel like Gazag is actually like getting in better positions that you would expect a number 10 to get into and want a number 10 to get into, but he's not able to like do anything in those positions. And I feel like Montero is always in a kind of seems to be in like a different position, more of like the position where a natural number eight would go and like, which is what kind of what he is. But he's also able to do maybe a little bit more in those kind of positions, but it's a little less effective as a number 10. And then Gazag is kind of the one that gets into his positions, but isn't as effective in those positions. So I don't know. It's just like a weird like paradox with those two guys. And I agree. I think Gazag just needs more time, and maybe you know next season he's going to be able to find his his form. Um, but yeah, it's it's wasn't yeah. ready for a forgettable it, performance. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before. We're like, the union need a ten, or uh, and like they got it in him they they think they got it but it's just not coming to right now and you just can't spend you know big amounts of money on a 10 and then you know a couple months in decide oh let's let's write him off and get another 10 it's like you 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 spend that much money on him you've got to kind of commit for a year and a half yeah. pretty much to uh yeah before you start writing them off so mm-hmm. um even though it might not be producing right now there's nothing the union can do. We're not going to go spend another $2 million on another guy for the same position. Um, right. So let's I talk thought about Montero the goals. had a pretty, uh, okay. I was going to say Montero had a good game. I really enjoyed okay. yeah, watching him play. Um, uh, let's see. I, for, I forget. I, the only goal. I, oh gosh. Um, so the, the, fir- the first goal, goal that I wanted to uh, let's go goal by goal. The yeah, first okay. goal was. I want to talk about the third goal. Okay. You talk about the first and second. <laughs> the first one was kind of hilarious. The Elliott free kick from about thirty yards out. Oh my god! And like, because it was lined up like we're like, oh, let's like, let's like let's just take a shot at this because it was kind of dead on. Like that's kind of like not not the one not the kind of position where you play across and you kind of want to take a shot and that's kind of your best odds. Um, and like Glazis was line was kind of behind the ball setting up, and we're like, oh, this is great for him. And then we saw Elliot next to him. He's like, oh, Elliot's probably just like the decoy. He's just gonna you know run over the ball or do whatever. And then and then Glazis runs up into the box. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe Elliot's just gonna chip the ball in. 
and he takes the takes a shot and it's not a great one it bounces be, a couple times before it gets to the goal but it was enough to get past Evan Bush who didn't have a great game <laughs> um but yeah it was great I mean, it was, you know I, we love Elliot we love we not expecting to score in that way but he always finds a way to score so it's, it was, that was fun yeah uh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> And then the the second goal. Now you talk about. I really enjoyed that one too. The the Bedoya, I mean, working from his own half to scoring the goal. That that was a solid. Yeah. Very kind of a very uh, prototypical Bedoya. This this kind of shows everything in his game. You know. Yeah. Getting I mean, the ball in his own half. Definitely. It it definitely also shows how poor Columbus was for their midfield to not be able to track not the fastest of runners in, in Bedoya into the box. Um, How dare you? <laughs> I mean, he made a great play and did everything he needed to do, but yeah, it's for his mobility. I feel like that Columbus should be able to, to you know, keep up with him and, and find him in the box, but he, he, it was great. And Casper, you know, played the perfect ball to him. It was, it was a well-executed goal. Yeah. He did a good job at the uh, top of the box as he starts approaching the box where he, he created depth among the players of the box where it's not like he's running full speed in with the uh, other striker and midfielders. He slowed himself down to create a, a different opportunity where he's further back in the box. So Casper doesn't just see a line of players. It's he's got someone further back and, and it was a really smart play. And, yeah. and, you know, maybe it's Bedoya just being tired. Maybe he made that run and then just, oh, I'm just tired. And he slowed down around the box because that was all he left, but hey, you know, I mean, we're going we're gonna to give him credit. It was like 30 seconds into the second half, so I think he had at least enough energy that it, that we could say it was more just him being smart. That That's a very fair... Yeah, yeah, probably. I, probably. Yeah. Let's, let's go let's with go that one. Probably there. Yeah. And then you want to talk about the third yeah, goal, um, so I'll let you go. Oh my gosh, the third goal, our guy... Uh, so Sullivan, man, he is fun. This kid, he just I the play that he made on this this goal is so awesome and underrated. And, and like of course we're all excited that Flock got a goal, but yeah. the play that um Sullivan makes where he's got defenders on him, um and he just flicks it over him. The player ahead of him, I forget who it was, maybe it's Bedoy at that point, was offside. And so Sullivan's just like, screw it, I'm just going to run through these guys and get the ball. Um, and then he played a great ball over to Flock, who uh, shot it right at Evan Bush, and the ball went in the net. Um, Thank God for Evan Bush, literally, man. Literally, I know, right? <laughs> but I was literally typing out a tweet that said, Flock has to be one of the worst shooters on this team. <laughs> because two minutes before that, um, he, he received a ball at like the top of the box and like just kind of scuffed it out of the uh <laughs> I don't know it, it was like not a good shot it like uh, rolled out of bounds it was I was like oh man if we had like if that falls to Fontana or Sullivan or someone yeah Paxton like any other young kid it's on frame but this thing he yeah so I was like ah oh. and then of course he gets his ball chested down and just we'll just say he blasted it right through Evan Bush's hands <laughs> And, uh, and and he, props to him um 
he was very excited. The team was very excited for him. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, MLS Gone Wild is one that just had Leon Flock on as an interview. Um, and again, that's MLS Gone Wild. Another couple guys from Virginia doing a podcast, and they had Leon Flock on. And it was great to listen to. Um, he is very intelligent, and it was uh, cool to kind of listen to him talk about the game. Um, they interviewed him before the Red Bull game, and they quizzed him on kind of how Columbus plays, and he nailed it. I mean, he he was very intelligent. With it. So uh, it, it was just cool listening to this guy who has only been over here for a few months in this league, and he he's really taken to it. He's studying the game. He talks about uh, how he's really started watching film this year and how much it helps him improve um, his game. So it was cool listening to this kid who's like, a kid um so yeah i would highly suggest if you have not listened to um listen to mls gone wild so uh shout out to those guys nice nice um another couple virginia guys from virginia beach putting together a nice little program there with mr leon flock and then he scored for him and they were at the game so that was cool nice um no andre blake Let's go. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I forgot. Yeah. We had the, the PK. Um, yeah. First, did you think it was a PK? Do you think that was a right call? Say it Clear again. PK. Yeah. Yep. I know. I, I feel like I saw a couple people questioning it. I, I saw people say, oh, the ref's trying to let Columbus in the back. No, it was, it was clearly a PK. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that was still a game changing moment because. Um, it, it could have been easily 2-1 um, thank god that was a horrible take in PK and Andre Blake did Andre Blake things and was able to save that and then the the following chance that was like a minute later uh, I think it was like a Nagby shot that you know he make Blake makes yeah, that big yeah. ac- acrobatic save so man Andre Blake saves the day once again absolutely that was a holy smokes kind of moment he was that save was I, just the way he flew around. I um called Keegan into the room. He was not in the room, and uh, yeah, I called him. And, and after that, he was like, "Oh, I really like, I really like playing goalie." I was like, "You've never played goalie, but just <laughs> watching that, he really, he just had like as a four year old who's never played goalie, he he had an appreciation for what Andre Blake did on that diving yeah. save. He thought it was awesome. I mean, it just looks cool how he does it. Um, like, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and just a sidebar, uh, if you're looking to see a future homegrown, a 2007 prospect on our Twitter, you can find videos of Keegan McClung, defender for Team Ash. Okay. Looking good. Anyway. Yeah, nice. You know, he's a 2017. I don't see many of their uh, scouting videos out there yet. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, union best, union worst. Oof. Um, okay, I am a little less prepared on this. Okay, no, I got one. I got one. Union best. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, go for it's it. It's got to be Leon, Leon Flack. I think, I mean, he's oh, just okay. been, that was... he's, aside from the goal, he's been everywhere. He's been doing his job so well. Yeah. It, playing, covering for the number six, Juan Martinez, um, you know, wasn't able to play against Columbus because of the, the yellows. Um, and yeah, I, I, I know his shooting sucks and he doesn't give too much offensively, but he is so effective at pressing and 
just being being in the right spots defensively and and doing his job you know offensively like he, he's able to like you know send the, the ball in the right in the right direction to get the ball going forward I mean yeah I think he's just he's just super effective and for a kid his age and, and how much he's managed he's been playing like he's been really really impressive absolutely um, my union best is Mr. Andre Blake. No surprise there. He's yeah. given up two goals in the last four games as the union have been undefeated in the last four averaging game in the past four. You keep that up and uh, you'll win a lot of games that way. Um, my union worst, that's Gabby Gazdag. I just feel like he's just, he's just not taking hold of uh, hold of the opportunity. And, mm. and uh, you know, he got called up for Hungary, so maybe it'll be a nice little break for him to go back to his homeland and get some minutes with them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You have worst. Um, I'll go Casper. Um, I know he got the assist for Bedoya, but other than that, not not a whole lot. Like you said, he's been a little more quiet in these past couple of games. So, I'll just, yeah, I'm sure next game yeah. he'll, he'll score his his usual you know, header goal and, and get back in form, whatever that means. But, um, yeah, I'll go with Casper. Yeah. And like, people are saying like, oh man, he's back. He's back when he had scored three goals in two games. But like those goals weren't exactly Casper doing things to score those goals. It yeah. was a PK and two balls put on a platter for him Yeah, where he's like within the six. It's not like he was, you know, making anything. It was, he happened to be five yards from the goal and swung his leg. Right. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to uh, see him make one of those goals that I, I remember vividly from his his first kind of breakout Union season, where he was like driving the ball into the box, cutting back on a defender, and then like bearing it far post. I feel like he he did that so many times that that first year, and I I don't know if you've seen that at all this year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. All right, cool. Well, nice, man. All right, so let's take a break. I think everybody could just use a little breather here, get a drink of water. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about the U.S. national team. We'll talk about Chris Albright, some other stuff around the league and the world. We'll talk about FIFA rankings for the Philadelphia Union and Ted Lasso and the month of October. So lots of stuff coming up. Um, so come back after this commercial. Hey guys, Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by the Bradley Game. Um, thanks for coming back. We really appreciate that. Uh, really kind of you guys. So, um, <laughs> oh goodness. So Thursday night, the U.S. takes on Jamaica. And obviously that has lots of Philadelphia Union connections. On the U.S. side, you got Mark McKenzie and Aronson. Aronson's locked in to be a starter, correct? I think so. It's, he's got to be with, with Pulisic and Reyna out. He's got to be right, right in there for the the left wing spot, is my guess. Yeah, and his form, his form for the U.S. Yeah. and the club is awesome. Yeah, Mackenzie, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't think he'll get the start yet. Um, we'll we'll probably see him during this window with three games, but um, I don't know. I feel like this game wouldn't be a bad one for him to be in since uh, he's got the athleticism to keep up with Jamaican, uh, the Jamaican style of play. Plus, he's familiar with Burke. Um, who will be? Burke's not. Burke's know, not in the lineup. Playing. Burke's not in the lineup. No, I don't think so. Uh, it was you know, maybe they I, called up. There you go. Cool. So, uh, 
<laughs> Gosh. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I do think, I mean, yeah, I agree. McKenzie is going to get minutes. It's just a matter of like how Berhalter wants to use these center backs and rotate them because now that Brooks and Tim Ream is out, um, that's that's correct, right? I know I saw Brooks, but when Tim Ream's out too, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, with those guys being out, like it, it just gives more <laughs> opportunity for for McKenzie and um, yeah. So I, I it, he'll find it. It just depends on when Berhalter wants to use him. Like I could see him fitting in for this this Jamaica game, but also like I I don't see how he w- wouldn't be a, a fit for any any of the other games. So it's just a matter of like matchups with like you want to play him with. Miles Robinson or Chris Richards or or whoever. So I don't know. I'm just excited to see that. Like, there's like a really cool young group of um, center backs that are like are gonna have, gonna be forced to step up into the in this window, which is gonna be cool to see. And McKenzie's gonna be one of those. So that's fun. Yeah, in this window, you got Jamaica, Panama, and Costa Rica, um, home away home. What's your expectation for points for the team? Oh, man, it's like. They really could just win all those games and are obviously going to be favored in all those games. But I, I mean, nine points is is too much, especially. I mean, they played one good half of the last window, and that's what saved the day. Um, I, I mean, five points would be good. I, I'd be fine with five points. It's like if they don't lose and just keep winning or tying like i think that's fine i think they, they probably should be more expected to get two wins out of this window at least because there's two home games um so maybe it should be more like seven points should be the ex- expectation but i think i honestly might be fine with five it's obviously like game state to dictate kind of all that you know perspective and, and narrative but i don't know I, I mean, well, dude i mean that's that's not they literally played three games last I, window and one sixth of that time they played good so how how accomplished no, should you really be about this going into this window i know that it's it's i don't know like what what do you think i i i think five points would be a huge disappointment um i think i understand where you're coming from and i think you're coming from that uh not because of players, but because of the coach. I think the coach right now is the biggest question mark. I think everyone would agree that we have so much skill on this team, and um, this is our, you know, so-called golden generation. Even with guys who are hurt, like Reina and uh, Pulisic, but like, well, there's enough skill out there where like they should be able to handle Costa Rica, Panama, and Jamaica without those without those uh, uh, two, three injuries, um, Brooks included. Um, but I feel like just Burhalter, like we, I feel like in general, we don't know what, well, what to expect, what, like, it seems like players like him, but we, I just don't know if he's really figured out this national team thing yet. Like I, it just, I feel like the lack of confidence isn't so much a reflection of the players as much as of as it is of uh more the organization and and the group as a whole including coaches um but i i I really think you got costa rica is weaker than they've been in the past jamaica if they if they don't have burke as you say then that's got to be a win as well um i feel like there's another guy who just recently came out saying he he's not traveling with jamaica um and panama is your only away game it's i 
you got to get nine points there. You get nine, then you're going to be sitting on 14 through six games. That's that's pretty good. You're you're pretty much qualified for the World Cup at that point. But I think I think five. If you're sitting on 10 points through six games, six out of 14 total. That's now you're uh yeah. If, if we're falling, that's that's going to be questionable territory. That's that's uh problematic. No, I I don't. I'm not I'm not that. saying you're wrong. I'm just I'm just. Yeah, I'm just saying more of my expectations for this group after the last window um, have gone down a good amount. And I, I agree that we have the talent and it's a matter of like figuring out how to use it all. But these kind of games are tough, man. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not like super critical of what Burhalt has been doing because he's trying stuff and really the worst decisions were probably in that Honduras game, but he, in the first half, but then he you know, made the changes to fix it and, and, and made that right. And, and they got the result, but I don't know. I mean, it's, these games are just too hard to predict to like expect nine points in, in my mind. My mind. Yeah. And, I, and like, like I get that, but, um, cause like people keep saying, Oh yeah, CONCACAF is so hard, but like, it's not like the U S is the only one that it's hard for. Like it's hard for the other team as well. I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like people forget that there's a whole another team that's trying to qualify as well. And like, like Jamaica's on the road against the U S they're playing the same competition. Mm. I, I, don't know. I think um, we just, we just have the more pressure on us and like, there's no pressure on Jamaica to play U S like in U S like they don't have that burden on them as much. And most of those players are more familiar with CONCACAF than you know, Serginho Dest and, and, and the like. So I, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of, and we also just have a very, very young team and that's playing against us in these games because these kids don't, don't have the, the experience to like know how to go into a situation like this and, and understand what needs to be done to get the result. So it's like, it's just, a you know, still a bit of a learning process there that I believe is, you know, gonna pay off at some point, but it's just, it's just hard to expect much after the the past window. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. So speaking of one of those U.S. internationals, we've got Brendan Aronson today. Rumors coming out about Aronson and AC Milan being interested. How excited would you be to go to AC Milan? I mean, that'd be cool. Um, you know, maybe he's still going to play with Zlatan if Zlatan takes another gets another year out of um or you know sticks around for another year um it also would be cool just to go him to go to a team where we can actually get a jersey an aronson jersey we've been i've been hunting for a salzburg jersey and have struck out um but i think he he, the way he's been playing with us and with salzburg like it's just a matter of time for him to move on to a bigger better club and and league and honestly that whole team salzburg i think they're they're like 11 and 0 or something in in the austrian bundesliga so like there's a lot of those guys need to get moved on and, and to, to a better league because they're just seem to be all very, very good and too good for that league. So it's, it's good that this rumor is common and whether it's true or not, I think Aronson moving on to a, a bigger, better team is inevitable. So it'd be cool if it's someone as big as, as Milan, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a pretty sick jersey to get too. Yeah. Um, Let's see, other just union stuff, little things. Um, on Twitter, I've seen multiple highlights of former union player Marcus Epps tearing it up for San Antonio FC. So it's just cool seeing him. He was always one who seemed to have a lot of technical abilities. Um, 
just never never really i don't know was able to cut it with the uh, union first team mm-hmm. and then uh mishi mishi galina got minutes for lafc which was cool to see as well yeah he looked so good. cool tell um, me about his performance then i just said it he looked good um but yeah it's good that he's, he's i don't know i have nothing right. else to say um i think i didn't watch all of that game just a little bit um but i think a, a more uh some bigger news that happened around mls is chris albright getting getting a new gm job at cincinnati um i don't know how you feel i i'm a, i was i'm happy for him i think he it's he seems to be a a guy that deserves a job like that and that kind of opportunity to, to move up and and have, take that kind of control over a team um but he, he was seemed to be very crucial to the union's operations and getting players i remember like multiple guys where it was the reports were that like chris albert was a guy going to see like sergio santos and and these guys to like really get them show them how much the union are invested in these guys how much the union care about these guys and have plans for these guys and it seemed like Chris Albert wasn't the guy that was behind all of that. So it's a little concerning to see him leave. Um, obviously, like, it's he's getting a better job. So good for him. That's that's what everyone should be trying to do. Um, so, like, you know, no ill will or anything like that. But it's, it's a little concerning because I always felt like he would be the nice, you know, obvious backup plan for if, if Ernst Tanner ever wanted to find a different a different job and maybe back in Europe or anything. Um, hopefully that's not anytime soon. We don't have to worry about that. And if that time does come, there is a successor that's that's in place um, now that Albright's gone. But I think it's also like interesting, like see what Albright could do with, you know, Cincinnati is more willing to spend money than us. And, you know, with his, the skills he's picked up with the union, maybe with a, a, a bigger, um, bigger budget, maybe he's able to be even more effective. So that could be scary. Maybe Cincinnati is going to be actually become a, um, a threat at some point with with Albright at the helm, but I don't know. Just I guess good for him is all I really got to say. Yeah, in in kind of bringing that back full circle to the union. If just thinking if Albright does well with a with a budget, being able to like buy players that are going to uh, supplement a big DP signing here and there and stuff like that, um, like Cincinnati is willing to do. I wonder if that comes back to the union and say, and kind of reflects back as saying, or kind of showing like, hey, like the way we're doing it is great, but if we get just a little bit more money coming into these player acquisitions, then we might be able to, uh, you know, get to that next level that we all want to get to. So it might, it might be something seeing one of our guys having more money, and um, I, yeah, I think. I think overall, I feel like the the feeling is very positive that people are excited for him, and no one's really, no one's no one's really like upset or like angry with him, which is cool. People yeah. seem to be excited for him moving forward and growing, and it's kind of the same like Mark McKenzie and Brendan Aronson moving moving to bigger things. And it's like, all right, Chris Albright, he just now he's in charge of another team. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like the union's model that they're adopting is like development and moving on people to the to their next big thing and and that's yeah that just it just goes in line with that so hopefully it's doesn't bite us in the butt and yeah like like we don't have to keep filling holes and and replacing guys with you know people that aren't, aren't ready for the job yet but we 
I feel like it, at least in this instance, it's, it's less crucial because we still have Ernst Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, man. Uh, so now we got a couple games to play. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to start with the so, FIFA game? Um, yeah, let's let's do FIFA game first. All right. So FIFA new FIFA rankings have come out. I have not looked at where the Indian players rank among each other. Um, a couple weeks ago, Luke played this game where it's the old FIFA rankings where I gave Luke a player and a range in which they had to he had to kind of guess um, where that player ranked within his teammates. And uh, so now Luke's going to throw it back towards me with the new rankings. All right. Okay. Right. So I'm going to give you a player and then a range in which you have to guess in between. So yep. let's start with Jose Martinez, El Brujo, within three. Within three? I will go seven. I think he's going to be ranked the seventh highest player on the union. That was really good. He's six. Oh. So well, <laughs> all right. All, all right. done. All done. All right. Um, let's cool. go Baizo within within three. I will go 13. Hmm, man, so that you're you're good. He was 11. So <laughs> Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, you, you, I, I almost said 16. Wow, 11. Good for him. Yeah, okay, that's, I'm glad that's, he's getting the respect. Yeah, higher than I kind of expected him, but yeah, well deserved. All right. Yeah. Let's go Flock within 4. Oh, Flack. See, he's a tough one because uh, I feel like when FIFA rankings would have come out, I feel like he would not have been performing. Like, it would have been before he's had his good run of play. So, I'll go 18. Say it again. 18. <laughs> you nailed it. What the heck? That's <laughs> spot on. I swear. I swear I have not looked at these. So, uh. he, he's... So he's ranked on FIFA as the 18th best player. So that's kind of funny to see that he's that. But uh, yeah, he's like almost a lock for a starting 11. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to adjust my numbers now. Uh, all right, I want to give you a tough one. Finley. So Stu Finley, I'm gonna give you three. Fifteen. What the heck? He's at twelve. <laughs> okay, so he's so he's one below Baizo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. He, yeah, he's higher okay. than expected too. I think that's probably more of his, you know, Scottish league days, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's he's got a resume behind him, so I figured he'd be kind of above a flock. Oh, mm -hmm. Man. Okay, I'm trying to stump you now. All right, we'll go with uh, you know, our new friend Jack McGlynn. And now I, I now I want to give you like really narrow numbers. I'll say I'll say three again. No, All no, right, let's so go, let's go two. Let's, I'm gonna give you two. Okay. So how how low can I go? Like what's the highest number? One through I'm going up to twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So McGlynn. All right. I'm gonna go with 24. Are you kidding me? 
It's spot on again. You're, is that right? You're cheating. This is, this is, this is <laughs> dumb. I don't like this anymore. No, okay. So my, my, my thought process on that one. Uh -huh. Okay. As I figured there's like Brandon, he's Brandon Craig's probably 29. Um, there's probably a couple. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there's probably a couple homegrowns, like probably Cole Turner. I don't know if Jack DeVries. Uh, he's not on the list anyway. I figured he was like, okay. I figured he wasn't like all the way at the bottom, but he's not going to be top 20. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I took the narrow numbers down. Okay. Oof. All right, let's go. I'm going to give you Santos within, I'm going to say within one now. So you get one above and one below. So you get, you know, a range of three technically, I guess. Oh, yeah. Sergio Santos, you say? Yeah. Uh, I believe that he is going to be, oh, I'm forgetting where, where was Martinez? I guess I'll give you that. Martinez was six. Okay. So then I will say Santos was eight. You Okay, you're just cheating at this point. Was that right? That's exactly right. Oh, man, this is so frustrating. <laughs> this is so, so frustrating. I'm so good at That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so convinced that you're just looking at the same webpage I am. All right. Um, okay, let's, I, go, I can... let's go Jesus Bueno. Um, and let's get, I'll give you two. <laughs> a guy who has been on the field yeah, um, for 15 minutes. Yep. Uh, wow. And he's, and, he's on the list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to guess that he's probably above McGlynn. So I'm going to say 21. I finally got you. He's 10. What is he at? 10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. How, wow. Okay. He's above God's dog. He's above Corey Burke, Flock, like El Sino. Um, so. Okay. So yeah. So now, so now let's, let's kind of go through the list of FIFA 22 rankings. So mm -hmm. you got what? Uh, Blake. Yep. Bedoya. Nope. No. Uh, so it's oh, Montero. Montero. And then who do you think's third? Because I had him on my list, but now I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> um, is it not Padoya? Uh -uh. Oh, Wagner. Yep. Yep, Wagner. And then Bedoya. Then it's Abby and, and then Casper, Martinez, Casper. Elliot, Santos, Glesnus, then Bueno rounds out the top ten. Wow. Top ten, interesting. Yep, interesting. All right, give me the bottom. I'm I'm just curious. So you got Brandon Craig is last, Craig, and, and then, then who, who are my? Who... It, it's um that fourth goalkeeper guy, Greg uh, Rangixson, and then mm -hmm. Cole Turner, then Paxton, then Nate Harriel, Jack McGlynn, Quinn Sullivan. Yeah, it's pretty cool that all these guys are getting minutes. I mean, other than the bottom couple, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Those those homegrowns. And not only that, I feel very comfortable. Um mm -hmm. also oh, shout out to Cole Turner got loaned out to El Paso. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be hopefully we'll get he'll get to see some minutes. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's play let's play another oh, that's fun. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I did really good at that. Um Me too. 
All right, so let's let's do uh, another little fun little exercise here. Uh, that's what we like to do. This will this this will probably be our last thing for the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going pretty long. Yeah, we're going pretty long. It's fun. It's fun. All right, so Ted Lasso. We got the last episode of season two on Friday. So naturally, the Doofy Brothers are going to round out the cast of Ted Lasso, but with union players. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give a character in the show and, um, you'll tell me who, who you would pick to be that person. I'll okay. tell you if you're right or wrong compared okay. to what I did. Yep. All right. Let's just start at the top. Ted Lasso. Okay. Yeah. So I was struggling with, with who, <laughs> who to pick here and I, I'm, I think this is kind of a cop out, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jim Curtin. I, oh, I know he's like the head guy. coach and like all that, but like he's a very, very, very likable person. Every time I, I hear him, I like him more. And I'm talking about Jim Curtin, and I think that obviously also applies to Ted Lasso. And they both have very, very solid uh, sneaker game. So it just, I think it's too easy of a pick. Okay, that's that's fair. I, I, I initially said Casper because he seems to be so like friendly. Casper mm-hmm. the friendly ghost, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, I, you're going to do a cop-out. Um, I agree. I just didn't want to go down that road. Uh, Coach Beard, who you got for Coach Beard? Okay, I got Glesnus. Wow, that's what I put, too. Ooh. Okay, do you want to give your reason? Unbelievable. Um, He just seems like a no-nonsense, like, just a good head. I Like, just, I don't know. I like him. I think Beard, I guess Jersey. Yeah, Beard packs a punch with his one-liners, and it's you know, you know, infrequent. He's he's not always obviously very vocal in the show, and then Glezis always you know steps up when with his bangers like every now and again, and obviously a little, little less frequent. But like I feel like whenever you see him, he's doing something really really well. So I, I feel like it. Yeah. You know, it, it it's a nice comparison. Wow, I'm shocked that we uh actually got one to be matched. Yeah. All right. Um, Nate, who do you got for Nate? Okay, I have I ha- I was I was gonna go in a couple of different directions, and I guess at this point I don't want to give maybe there's a spoiler alert um or anything, but I went with actually I I went with Nate Sullivan, or sorry Quinn Sullivan. Um, oh okay, I was really confused. <laughs> okay. I, I saw Nate and I put a I Sullivan next to it, um, because I think. Yeah, Quinn Sullivan is showing flashes of talent. Nate's showing flashes of talent. And in my my hunch is that Nate might be moving on to a different club in the future. And I feel the same about Sullivan because of his talent. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking that's, news. That's just that's just my um, you know, hypothesis or you know, my my guess. Fair enough. What what I would you I went with Flock. But Why? yeah, I went flock. I thought that's short. I just the intelligence of the game. Yeah, short. They look alike, <laughs> twins. All right, Roy Kent. Roy Kent. I'm sure we. Um, oh, I went with Kai Wagner. I oh, think he's okay. very like. I didn't think about him. Um, just kind of like, se- very serious. Um, to the point it isn't. Yeah, just very very serious. That's kind of the only take I really had from it. Gotcha. Um, I went Bedoya. Okay, captain. Yeah, captain. Yeah. Um, Leader. Yeah. Okay. But, but 
All right, let's go. Let's let's fire through a couple couple more, a couple mm-hmm. more. Let's kind of go a little quicker here. Uh, Jamie Tart. Uh, I went Jack and Glenn. Um, only because there was like one line where, like in the first season, Roy Kent said like he, his left foot was kissed kissed by God to Jamie Tart, and I feel like Jack McGlynn's got that sweet left foot. So that, that was my only comparison more of their their soccer abilities than than personality. I went Santos. I went Santos Diva. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. Diva, Keely, Keely. Who do you got for Keely? I had Montero. Just like a lot of energy, always always around and always like there to help and like do their part and i feel like keely's always there to help and and and, and it's like always a good friend and montero is always there to be influential in, in the play so nice i went uh fontana just the uh fancy modeling type <laughs> okay. okay um uh, did you have a good one for rebecca because mine was a cop out i i said casper I, I don't know why. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they look alike. They look alike. Sure. Did, did, I went Tanner. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Did you have anything yeah. for Sam? Uh, Sam, I went Bizo. Okay. I went Andre Blake. You know, fan favorite, very likable, super, super talented. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, yeah, Bizo just is uh, energetic, flashy. Um, yeah. And then I also had Higgins. Uh, Fang. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, I, I actually didn't have one. For what about and last one? Uh, football is life, dude. Um, oh, Danny Rojas. Yeah, there you go. Um, I would who go is, like El Cino. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, who is football is life? I maybe Aronson, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, football is life. All right, man. Well, cool. That's that was uh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't as fun as I thought it was gonna be. Um, <laughs> yep. Cool. That's fun to hear. All right. Uh, next podcast, we'll preview the month of October. We'll be halfway through it, but we'll preview it a little more. Just, I love how back got the bump. Back got the bump over the Ted Lasso game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a disappointment. <laughs> All right. Let's do. Yeah. You have any uh, Cincinnati predictions? Right. Well, it's it's tough because Chris Albright just went there and he's probably <laughs> telling them all of our secrets. So tough. That's true. It's Cincinnati is also frustrating. Cincinnati has ruined several of my parlay bets. They I <laughs> can never get them right. So it's very frustrating with them. Um, but with that being said, I'll go Union three nothing again. Three nothing. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go two one win. Tight one. Yep. Yep. Do you have goal scores? No. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end it then, I guess. Um, it's funny. Well, it's, it's also going to be interesting because we're going to have like an interesting lineup because we'll have uh, so many guys missing. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we really should have focused more on the union and what's coming, but we, we blew our time on a pointless segment so uh but yeah it'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like and we're not gonna dive into it so um i'll say paxton aronson hat trick that sounds great yeah i yeah i hope um yeah we could see him see sullivan maybe i think sullivan should start um 
or just like get, get a yeah. lot of minutes because he, he, yeah, he's just been great. Um, so I want to say he's he gets a goal, yeah. and um, I want to say Casper gets his his goal. Yeah, I mean, was, I mean, looking at it, you would probably go. You got Flack, Bedoya, McGlynn, Aronson, Sullivan, front six, right? Yeah. That sounds great. I mean, maybe maybe a, maybe a Fontana, but yeah, that's... I mean, beyond that, I mean, Bueno and Davo, those guys might might be called in, get some minutes. Yeah. I mean, hopefully yeah. we have right. have a, a, a comfortable lead, and then that game we can get some of those guys in, and it's yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Luke. Well, uh, episode one hundred two in the books. So, um, cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you go and uh, leave a review, um, five star review, possibly. That'd be great. That would help us a lot, so we can reach more people or whatever. And uh, nah. All right. Thanks for listening. Keep being good people. <laughs> oh man, end with a bang. Yeah, we really fell apart there. Yeah. Union Gold!